Welcome to I'm Hormonal. This is a podcast where we talk about how to support our hormone health, our menstrual health, and how to lean into cyclical living. If you're trying to understand the signals that your cycle is sending you, then you're in the right place. I'm Bridget, a functional hormone specialist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm here to guide you along this journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to I'm Hormonal for episode number six. I'm really thrilled that you have found me today. Welcome back if you've been here before, or if this is your first time listening, then welcome, welcome, welcome for the first time. Today what we're going to talk through are some really practical tips or swaps for things that you can do or bring into your life in order to, you guessed it, support your hormone balance. So we've already talked through in the previous couple of episodes some of the foundational things that are more on the hormone and physiological level of how things work. But that's why today I want to share with you, again, just some really, you know, really practical things that you can bring into your life and that you can consider so that you can start supporting your hormone balance and supporting your menstrual cycle right now. The way that we're going to run through this conversation today is in a similar manner that we went through episode three, where we talked about common causes of hormone imbalance. So stick with me while we talk through some tips as it relates to avoiding stress in your life or mitigating stress. Then we'll talk about how to avoid toxins and their impact on your health and your life. And then we'll wrap it up by talking about how to support your gut and your gut health. Before we dive into it, let's run through two quick housekeeping notes. First, you can follow me on Instagram at Bridget Walton. Let me know how you like this episode and let me know if there's any other information that you want me to cover on the podcast in the future. Second, please remember that everything I talk about today is for informational purposes only. This, of course, isn't medical advice, and it shouldn't be considered a replacement for one, nor should it be considered as a replacement for one-on-one support from a certified practitioner or from your healthcare provider. With that out of the way, let's jump into the good stuff. So avoiding stress. Basically, we want to avoid stress because when you are more stressed and your cortisol levels are higher, then that's going to make it more difficult for our endocrine glands to communicate effectively with each other, and that can lead to imbalance. The first recommendation that I have for you is to check out sunrise alarm clocks. This is an alarm clock that uses light to gradually brighten, uh, brighten your room for the 30 or 20, however many minutes you want before your actual designated wake-up time, and it just is a gentler start to the day. The light is telling your eyes and, you know, telling your brain, okay, it's time to start the day, so that is going to start your cortisol awakening response on its kind of normal expected trajectory, right? So, getting that light, I'm doing kind of air quotes here first, of course it's not the sun, but getting that sunlight in your eyes first thing, And then going outside and getting actual sunlight in your eyes is really good for your hormone health and to just set the rhythm for the day, essentially. This is something too, I think you can probably get a sunrise alarm clock for 30 bucks, or if you really want to ball out, you could probably spend 
up to $200, but it's just a gentle way to start the day. The other good thing about having a sunrise alarm clock and not using your phone as an alarm is that a, you can just cut down on any stress that your phone might bring you, right? When you wake up in the morning or in the middle of the night and you see an email come through or whatever it is that, that you don't love to see, maybe. But also it can help to cut down on some potentially unnecessary doom scrolling time while you've got it there next year. One last note on this one. It kind of goes hand in hand with avoiding blue light in the evening. I say that because it's going towards the same goal of supporting your natural circadian rhythm and getting that light in your eyes that's similar to the natural light you'd receive from the sun, Um, again, at the right times of day in order to help support proper balance between cortisol and melatonin. The second recommendation that I have for you when it comes to mitigating stress is thinking about how you can involve a mindfulness practice or incorporate it rather into your day. So for me, this is something I like to do in the mornings, um, kind of first thing, but find what works for you. Maybe it's after work, maybe it's just before you go to bed. Regardless, this mindfulness practice, which is really about two things. First, it's about attention and like tuning into your experiences to focus on what's happening in the present moment. And then second, mindfulness is about acceptance. And that piece involves observing those feelings and sensations um, without judgment. And so these two things together have been reviewed in you know, over 200 studies to show that mindfulness has a measurable and benefit effect when it comes to reducing stress, anxiety, and depression. But not only that, it also helps with other problems like uh, as it relates to pain and fatigue and stress, overall improving your physical health. So think about what makes sense for you and your lifestyle and the time that you have available. There are plenty of options when it comes to apps that you can put on your phone in order to go through guided meditation, check out a book at your library, whatever works for you to kind of get in the swing of a mindfulness practice. The next recommendation that I have for you is to spend more time outside throughout the day and especially in the first part of the day when again you can get the sun in your eyes and that'll help with your um, circadian rhythm. But Just if you're able to eat your breakfast outside or during your workday, take a meeting outside, take a phone call outside or, you know, stand outside in the sun for the three minutes that you have before you have to leave to whatever is the next thing on your calendar. Specifically when it comes to being outside and hearing birdsong, there's a measurable benefit of hearing birdsong and its effect on alleviating anxiety. The study that I saw it specifically, uh, it specifically looked at, you know, participants' exposure to six minutes of birdsong and how that impacted their anxiety. Also, I wonder if you guys can hear the bird, you know, this crow that's in the background here right now. So far, we've talked about ways to reduce stress and anxiety um, because, of course, those are naturally forms of stressors. There are other stressors too, right? It's not just mental or emotional stressors because things like 
smoking or alcohol can have a, they can be a stressor on the body and cause inflammation. Similarly, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you don't have enough antioxidants, or if you have an infection, then that can lead to stress and inflammation in the body, as can having a sedentary lifestyle. So we're going to round off this section by talking about two things. One, red light therapy, and two, adaptogens. Because these are two, I guess, methods that you can consider when it comes to I don't know if I want to say reversing stress and inflammation, but anyway, addressing it. So, right, sometimes you can't avoid injury. Sometimes you can't avoid having a, you know, all-day travel or, or whatever it is, and these things can help your body. So, red light therapy is the use of red and near-infrared light to stimulate heating, relieve pain, and reduce inflammation. And so I wonder if you've heard of red light therapy before, or if you've had an experience with it, maybe. There are several different ways that you can, you know, interact with it or be exposed to it. Um, Personally, I have a red light mask that I wear, uh, well, I guess on a daily basis if I can remember, but for the purpose of helping out my skin and reducing inflammation, um, you know, on my face. Also, though, there's a gym that I go to sometimes and they have a red light sauna. So, a nor- well, I'm doing air quotes over here. A normal hot sauna, um, but they also have the red light equipment in there. Again, for the anti-inflammatory benefits. And then last, if you are looking for other ways to be exposed to red light, there are some, well, again, do I want to say med spa? What do, you, what do you guys call it? Where you can go and you can do cryotherapy, right? Which is like the extreme cold for short periods of time. But they'll also have sometimes red light therapy treatments where more or less you're like going into a tanning bed and, you know, for 10 minutes kind of thing and being exposed to the red light. If you don't use ClassPass and, you know, I have no formal affiliation with ClassPass, but I like ClassPass and they do offer you know, some services like this, or you can, you know, anyway, use your credits to go get red light therapy. So something to consider there, because again, it's just exposure to this red or near infrared light that's going to help to provide this anti-inflammatory effect. I mentioned adaptogens earlier, so let's talk on that now. Adaptogens is kind of a um, trendy word, but what does it actually mean? Well, adaptogens are herbs, roots, and other plant substances, like mushrooms maybe, that help our bodies to manage stress and to restore balance after a stressful situation. So some examples of adaptogens are things like ashwagandha, ginseng, reishi, maybe you've heard of rhodiola or schisandra. And so, again, these are things that we are consuming, eating, and they work by supporting the communication pathway between our brain and our adrenal glands, which produce cortisol. So they prolong your resistance to the stress as well as decrease your sensitivity to it. Find whatever works best for you or, you know, depending on how creative you are with your recipes, but for the most part, you'll see that These adaptogens are consumed through lattes or smoothies, but sometimes, you know, I've seen 
I've seen recipes that have uh, recipes for baked goods rather that have some of these adaptogens in them. So get creative, find what works for you. Um, if you're in Southern California, you know you'll you'll see at coffee shops that you go to that they have options like chaga chinos, right? Chaga mushroom is an adaptogen. So they're starting to be at least in my area, a little bit more commercially available and, uh, and they're getting those ad imprints <laughs> when I'm up at the cash register. All right, so let's go ahead and just do a super quick recap on a couple things that you can do to avoid or mitigate stress. Check out the options for sunrise alarm clocks and look at how you can integrate a mindfulness practice into your day. Think about how you can spend more time outside and then what ways you might be able to integrate red light therapy and or adaptogens into your life. Next, we're going to talk about how we can avoid toxins, right? The problem with toxins is that when they come into your body, they're disrupting your proper cellular function. And sometimes what that looks like is, you know, kind of them confusing our hormone receptor sites into thinking that there's an imbalance because sometimes they kind of, I'm doing air quotes again, look like uh, estrogen or any way can fit into an estrogen receptor site and that might cause you to present with more estrogen dominant symptoms. Anyway, I went in a little bit deep there, but long story short is they're confusing your body and we don't need any of that here. So the main thing that you're going to want to do to avoid toxins is spend more time checking the ingredients of the stuff that you buy. So not rocket science here, but to make this easier, you can go ahead and look at an app like Yuka or Think Dirty or whatever works for you. And they make it super easy because while you're in the store, you can go ahead and scan the barcode for the shampoo, conditioner, soap, um, any body care product. It probably depends on the app. You might be able to scan some foods. So check out what works for you. There are a lot of these things that you can either buy cleaner versions, they may be more expensive, or you can just go ahead and make your own. So this is one thing. I don't know if it's just me because I feel like I'm getting super cheap with like I don't know. Maybe I went to sleep for five years and inflation happened and now I'm awake and I just can't, <laughs> I just can't hang. But anyway, I started making my deodorant um, probably about a year ago. I think it's been going great. Honestly, it's super easy. I make deodorant probably once every, I don't know, every six months and it lasts. It's really simple. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll post the recipe for that in case you guys want to try it too. But there's so many simple things like that where Instead of getting an aerosol spray of dry shampoo, you can try using arrowroot powder. Or instead of using lotion, like again, you can make your own lotion out of more straightforward and simple ingredients. There are so many things. There's no way to be perfect at it. But, you know, I've got my, I've got my pumpkin candle here sitting right in front of me because it's October and I love a pumpkin candle. So... There's, you know, find out whatever balance works for you. There's like, we live on planet Earth, so there's no way that you're able to avoid all toxins, unfortunately, but that's just life. One more quick note, consider when you're buying products to look for products that are in glass containers as opposed to plastic. 
so that you can avoid some of that contact with plastic. Don't eat your food on plastic, especially if your food is hot. Like don't microwave in plastic, don't microwave your leftover burrito that's in a styrofoam box, please. Um, Wherever you can mitigate plastic or eliminate it, you know, use glass containers in your kitchen instead of plastic. The reason for that is because, well, plastic is especially heat sensitive, so it can leach out the toxins into your food. Not the best. A couple more notes or a couple more recommendations Consider getting an air purifier for your house, or for me at least, I have one that's in my bedroom so that at least while I'm sleeping for, you know, eight hours a day, I'm breathing or I guess hoping that I'm breathing clean air. It's also worth checking out a water filter if you don't use one already. You can get a filter for your whole house if you really want to go big, but the important thing is that you're aware of your food and water and where it's coming from which leads me to the next probably obvious recommendation of eating organic where you can or at least eating organic when it comes to the dirty dozen that the environmental working group puts out as far as the 12 um the 12 produce items that generally are the most contaminated with pesticides so you can go to ewg.org And you can get that list directly from them, and they update it every year so that you can have a list that's relevant to your specific geographical area and what you should consider. So that one was a bit quicker to run through, but the moral of the story here, right, is awareness of what you're putting on and in your body. The less processed, the better, the more natural, the better. What are things that you can or want to make at home from, of course, fewer products and fewer chemicals? I'll continue to share ideas like this with you guys throughout the journey here as well. Let's move on to talking about how you can diversify your gut and support your gut health, which this is critical because our gut helps to regulate as well as eliminate our hormones. And of course, It helps us to absorb all the nutrients that we need to produce those hormones. So gut health is the basis for overall health. And like everything else that we've talked about so far, there are so many ways that we can start addressing this and start supporting it. The first thing I want to mention is that variety is key. So if you're eating the same thing all the time, it would really benefit you to Each week when you're at the grocery store, pick up a new fruit that you haven't tried before or pick out a new vegetable that you don't normally eat. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to overhaul your whole diet or, well, maybe you do, but I don't know what your diet is. So (laughs) anyway, just try something new. Again, the less processed, the better, right? Or the less processed, the better your gut will receive it and the better it will nourish your gut. And think too about prebiotic and probiotic foods. You will oftentimes see this label on food that's packaged food in the stores, but really focusing on whole vegetables and fruit is going to get you there. A couple of common um, swaps for prebiotics and probiotics that you can make would be, for example, next time that you are going out for a drink with the gals, instead of drinking alcohol, think about switching for kombucha. 
still tasty, will treat your gut and your liver better than alcohol will, and has that um, probiotic to support your gut health. Similarly, how can you integrate sauerkraut or another fermented food into your day? So sauerkraut, miso, kimchi, things like that are good for your good for your gut health. When it comes to fiber, there's like a really simple raw carrot salad that I like to eat and it seems to have some benefits for you when it comes to fiber, which Again, this isn't rocket science, but fiber is really good for helping keep everything moving through your body. Regular eliminations are important to help keep your hormones balanced because that's how we are eliminating all of our hormone metabolites so that they don't get swooped back up into our system. So making sure that you're regular as supported by by fiber's efforts will be really good. I've got two final recommendations when it comes to supporting your gut health. And the first one is to stop using your phone or stop looking at screens while you're eating your meals. And the reason why this is important is because while you're looking at screens or scrolling or whatever you're getting up to, that is preventing your nervous system from moving into that rest and digest phase. Take a minute to relax, say a prayer, say, you know, think through those things that you're grateful for or whatever it is for you that you want to focus on. Maybe this is your mindful moment of the day before you eat. The second and last recommendation really goes hand in hand with what I've just mentioned, but sitting down for your meal and as opposed to sitting on the couch or standing over the counter is going to be a lot better for your nervous system and how you're going to process that food. So just try to, if you can, or when you can, make sure that your meal is a set-aside time, that you're not multitasking, and that you can really take that moment to relax and enjoy that part of the day. So in summary there, when we're talking about supporting our gut health, think about how you can try a new vegetable this week, try a new fruit this week, Next time you're going to go for a glass of wine, swap it out for a glass of kombucha. Think about incorporating sauerkraut or miso or kimchi into a meal this week. Keep in mind that lowering your sugar intake and increasing your fiber intake is going to be supportive of your overall gut health. And then last but absolutely not least, when it is time to eat, make sure that you're sitting at the table, you're relaxing, you're not doom scrolling and so that your body can do its best job of processing that food for you. Okay, guys, I think we did it. And for your practical weekly tip, just pick at least one of the things that we talked about today and get moving on it immediately. Take a few minutes now to think about what change is realistic for you or realistic for you and your family and make that plan. You can also go to my Instagram where I will this week be posting these lists of basically everything that we've talked about today so you don't have to go back and listen to this episode again and take notes. So keep an eye out over there. Please subscribe to this pod. And if you know somebody who would benefit from this info, then please go ahead and send them this episode now immediately before you forget. I see you out there. But no, really, I I would so appreciate if you helped me to 
meet new people or get new people listening by sharing this with your friends or your family. I can't wait to see you guys again here next time. We're going to be talking about estrogen. We'll do a deeper dive into the hormone so you can understand what that hormone and your other main sex hormones actually do for you and for your body. So get ready for that. I can't wait to see you soon. For your practical weep, dang. There are plenty of, Betty, please don't.